Professor, please. The fate of the world depends on you getting to second base with Mom. Very well. If Copperfield I must, then Copperfield I shall. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about season two, episode 14, Mother's Day. Now, Ben, I have a question for you about the Mother's Day. Not about the episode, but about the title. Have you mailed out the things for your mother yet? No. I think, based on when we're recording this the Wednesday before actual Mother's Day, you should probably get on that. Yeah, I probably should. So, yeah. I'm, I'm a good son, and I mailed out my cards a couple days ago. Actually, it was yesterday. Sorry, I lied. Well, you still got it out in time, so, you know, that's fine. It's true. But, yeah, I mean, that that is a pretty good uh, thing, because, like, we, we could not have purposefully timed this better. We uh, did such a great job. I mean, considering we were way off on the Xmas episode, mm-hmm. we were way off on the election episode, and uh, now finally, of all things, it the the stars aligned mm-hmm. so that we could do the Mother's Day episode, like the week before Mother's Day, you which know what is fantastic. Say. You know what they say, a broken clock is right two, ti- two times a day, and what I like to say is, a broken podcast is occasionally right, maybe, probably not. That's a very common saying that very they say common. all the time. <laughs> L- let us begin talking about the, the television show we usually talk about on this podcast. That we occasionally sometimes actually talk about. Kind of, but mostly not really. I mean, we could talk more about candles. No, just kidding. I'm oh, done God. with the candles Yeah, thing. we're done with that forever. So, <laughs> if you would like a candle spinoff podcast, <laughs> please tweet at us at Back to Futurama. The joke's going to be on us in like 50 episodes. Everybody's just going to want more more of the, the candle corner with Ben and Mike. Oh, I will break out my best NPR voice and just be like, today we're reviewing the Yankee candle haunted forest. Wait, is haunted forest? That'd be a great candle. That All right, I'm moving on. Candle. Moving on. The Episode haunted forest Futurama. Has notes the thing, of cinnamon. The thing that we're doing. Um... <laughs> The actual thing that we're doing, so we don't get a cold open on this episode. Yeah, we go straight. I think that's kind of a like season two theme. We just haven't seen a whole lot of cold opens lately. I think I think they're like, okay, we don't need to like put a little joke at the beginning of the episode. We have enough. It's it's season two. We've already got you hooked. You're in this for the long haul now. Well, well that and they just have so many freaking jokes in this episode. They don't. They can't waste any time beginning. Let's just go. It's true. So they start out at Planet Express watching TV, like a surprising amount of episodes seem to do. Yeah. Uh, it, as the opening, w- once we cut to the television, Morbo find out, finds out because of a, a Blurns baller with an injured knee that humans have easily injured knees. His race will, will find that very useful. My note on that is literally just Morbo likes that humans have weak knees. I believe he starts laughing, and then mm-hmm. Linda also continues laughing. 
But the other news story that they're talking about is that it's Mother's Day. Which it's Mother's Day. In the future, Mother's Day is not a day to celebrate like your mom. It's a day for robots to celebrate mom, the most huggable, the world's most huggable industrialist. It's true. In a video, I want to point out that Destructor gave mom a hand-drawn picture of mom. And she is very uh, happy to have received it from the looks of it. My favorite part of that is the fact that this giant robot has the handwriting of a, of a two-year-old. I mean, he's built for one thing, Mike, and that is for uh, beating people up in a... Ultimate robot ultimate fighting. robot fighting ring. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. But it's very adorable to me. Okay. Knowing that also Destructor was just a conduit for Master Fanog. So either way, we're, we're getting off track again. Yeah. So, um, no, my brain was just sort of going off in this weird Freudian direction. Oh, hello. Uh, that would be like, wow, this says a lot about uh, your relationship with your mother. Maybe not. <laughs> well, that was... This, this or, is taking a bizarre turn. Tell, so tell me, about well your, do tell me about your mother. No, just... I'm, okay. This I is mean, not... This is very weird. I didn't realize this was a therapy episode of... of uh, back to the futurama but you know you need them and tell me how does that make you feel pretty good all right let's go the point of mother's day is this uh celebration of mom because mom is basically the creator of all robots apparently mm-hmm. yeah. like literally a monopoly on robot building i'm i'm assuming she did not come through that with the stir the best of intentions or methods probably not um bender walks in and he's got this whole big like grocery hover grocery cart of Mm -hmm. gifts and they're like oh these are all great like mom's gonna love these where did you steal them he didn't steal them he bought them everyone is taken aback i mean wouldn't you be i am i was the first time i listened oh watch this episode i was like he he bought he bought things well and the weird thing uh, to me is just how much I mean that's like kind of the whole joke but it, it is almost disturbing to me how a, how much Bender adores mom like he he doesn't steal things he gets super like uh, feelings he has feelings so is this is this an episode where Bender is not Bender enough for you to like him no, I mean, I still like Bender. It's just, okay. it's weird, is all I'm saying. I mean, is, what if there was an episode where Dr. Zoidberg was suddenly a good doctor? Oh, that would be very funny. <laughs> he also has a greeting card uh, that uh, has a really disturbingly, <laughs> like... There's lunch meat in the, the poem. I don't actually have the poem written down. I, I didn't write it down, but it's it's a poem that's basically like, uh, Mom, you're great, and I love you. And then, yeah, it says you're as uh, warm as corned beef, and no, as tender as corned beef, and as warm as pastrami. And then it goes, <laughs> I'm going to do it. I love my mommy. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's better in the voice that it has in the episode. I'll guarantee that. It's weird. And the my my favorite bit about that is that when when Bender's reading this card, the entire Planet Express crew has these disgusted look on Absolutely their faces. Absolutely disgusted. Like 
if you didn't know what was going on, you'd you'd imagine that they're watching like the grossest videos that mm-hmm. the internet has to offer. But instead, it's just Bender reading the sickeningly sweet greeting card for mom. Uh, speaking of other things that Bender bought, a figurine of mice having tea, which is titled A Spot of Tea, Mr. Squeaks. <laughs> Very good. Um, and a framed picture of Bender when he was one month old. Exactly the same. Holding a cigar and a bottle of beer, which true. is good. They kind of, they kind of ask, how are you going to get these over to mom's factory? And he says that uh, he'll get a couple of chumps to do it. And then it's it cuts directly to Fry and Leela carrying most of the packages. So they go to mom's friendly robot factory, uh, where it is a gathering of robots. Uh, smog is all so, filding, filled, yeah. filling, filling the filling. F- they're filling the building with smog. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it, uh, Fry, <laughs> Fry coughs on it and says, "There's so much exhaust here." And Benner says, "Wasn't me." Uh, there are some robot, or a bunch of robots are holding up like signs about how much they love mom again because it's a robot heavy episode there are uh, some robot jokes one uh one that i actually don't get is uh it's like chr dollar sign 77 and then many things she gave me i don't know if you know what that like i didn't catch this on my my listen or my watch watch through um for the listener i watched this episode in massive traffic on the on on a a highway trying to get to this recording which is the most professional way to do it but that's it's right there i'm gonna hand you my notes there i don't know if you know oh it's it's uh i think it's basic it's basically a loop that goes through the the well because it's it's two different signs i should point that oh, out. oh it's two different signs the top one is one thing and then the bottom okay the second one is a loop repeat uh open while one open is brace while one is larger than zero so just it's uh-huh. an infinite loop the first one i don't actually know Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I guess we'll post a screen cap of it. Sure. Um, and if may- maybe if anybody knows what that is, uh, that'd be helpful. I'm, I'm assuming it's Fortran or Basic or something. It does look kind of like Basic, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Tinny Tim's also there, which uh, I was excited about. I even like any time a character shows up that I'm excited about in my notes, I do it in all caps with an exclamation point after it. Yeah. Uh, Tinny Tim gets that exclamation point. Sure does. He saved, he saved his pennies all year just for a gift for mom, which is a little like statuette of mom. He puts it on the conveyor belt. And uh, Bender opens his chest cavity and more gifts come out and just crush it. He's like, oh. And then the crushinator comes up behind him and crushes him. <laughs> and he makes that same sort of like, oh. Like, yeah. he's just so, it's, it's not painful. He's just dejected. Yeah, it's a, it's a disappointing situation for him. And it's not, it's not gone the way he wanted it to. Um, so like we we, uh, we kind of glossed over it a little bit. All these presents are going onto a conveyor belt that get, you know, go through this uh, wall that has mom and she's accepting it and says thank you. The thought, the only thing that matters is the, the thought is the only thing that matters. Or, it's the thought that counts. Whatever. I was close enough. <laughs> I don't know how to say words. If you ever give me a gift, I'm going to say thank you. <laughs> it's the the thought that is. It's the only thought thing that matters. <laughs> Perfect. I look forward to hearing this. I'm going to put that on a greeting card. <laughs> I look forward to this custom greeting card to to get me back on a weird joke because of a podcast that we do. Oh, wait for it. I will wait for it. Weird greeting card vendettas aside. 
Although put a pin in that one. Um, <laughs> it's true. It ties back in. We're we're brilliant they, at this. They go to a, a robot wax museum that's there, uh, and it it shows a bunch of mom's most famous robots, uh, like, including the wall, the Hall of Wax Robots. Mm-hmm. And they uh, there's ro- wax robots of like Calculon and and you know uh, Humorbot mm-hmm. 5.0 or whatever, and Vincent Van Gogh who was built without an ear, but he went crazy and had one installed. Ooh. <sighs> There's the occasional art major humor in there for people like myself. It's true. I was just thinking about how crazy you'd have to be to install an ear when you weren't built with one. Ugh. Uh, they also run into this weird janitor-looking mm-hmm. robot, and Fry's like, who is this? And it turns out it's just a robot standing there. Mm-hmm. And he's a janitor. But he's also made of wax. Uh, this kind of confuses Fry and uh, the gender kind of like, can a wax robot not sleep in front of other wax robots or does that confuse you? Now, I'm actually going to side. It's not often this happens. I'm going to side with Fry on this one because that is crazy confusing. I'm with you and Fry. Hashtag I'm with Fry. You and Fry. God, shut it down. Shut it all down. Um, <laughs> there's also a great exhibit that uh, has these goggles that says, see through the eyes of a bender unit, which, first of all, I found it weird they call them bender units, not bending units. Interesting. Weird, right? It is. Um, Lila puts it on, and the only thing that I have written down, although I'm sure you do have, you might have more, um, is that she looks at Fry, and it turns out that Bender would see him as a rube, uh, pass as his friend, and then leave him in a ditch. It also tells you what the alcohol content is of various objects and or people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's about it. I mean, that's that's really all there is to Bender. So it's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate, yeah. Bender looks through it and he says, whoa, that gives me a headache. And I was kind of like, is that sort of like a John Malkovich going into John Malkovich's head sort of thing? I kind of figured it would be like putting on two kinds of two sets of glasses kind of thing. But maybe I mis- misinterpreted the joke. Well, I mean, I don't think so. I'm just being John Malkovich was a weird movie that I think about a lot because it was a weird movie. Mm-hmm. Have you seen being John Malkovich? Just like James Cameron's 1997 hit film Titanic. I have not seen being John Malkovich. Okay. Well, becoming John Malkovich being being John being. Malkovich. I was right the first time. Mm hmm. It's a weird movie. Should I see it? Should we put up a poll on our Twitter page? Sure, let's do it. Okay, we'll put up a poll. Let's see. What should should Mike watch first? The hit 1997 film, James Cameron hit film, Titanic, or Being John Malkovich? I mean, I was just going to do a yes, no, should you watch Being John Malkovich, but if you're voluntarily signing up to watch both of these films... Well, I mean, of the two, which one should I watch? Okay, there we go. A nice happy medium. Yes. You have to watch one of them. Our listeners get to decide. Our listeners decide. You listening to it in the bus, on the couch, on the street, it, on the beach, anywhere you are, vote. Okay, then. <laughs> That's my, my <laughs> elevator pitch for this voting segment. We are not doing very good at staying on track on this episode. Uh, okay. There's a... Uh, there's also an exhibit on mom's favorite robot, and uh, it just 
the joke is that it just turns out to be uh, a picture of mom holding a mirror and uh, Bender says, no one else stand in front of this mirror. <laughs> and then and then mom, a recording of mom says, I love each and every robot the most. Yeah. So as usual, mom's sort of demeanor is this incredibly old and caring woman. It's a facade. It's absolutely a facade because uh, it cuts to mom's like office i guess uh mm-hmm. turns out mom really hates mother's day like really really hates mother's day and hates the jerkwad robots uh she also has an antenna installed in all the robots not just to make them look science fictiony but so that she can send out messages to them interesting um at, we get some information on what's happening to the gifts behind the behind the wall um the gifts themselves are being crushed into powder and sold as a hocus pocus cure for cancer which mom thinks is great because she loves that false hope angle. It, yes. Um, like she is getting off on the false hope angle. It's kind of disturbing. It's a lot of this episode is pretty disturbing. Um, the cards themselves are being, are being kind of sliced open. A cash magnet is pulling out the cash and then it all gets shredded and recon- reconfigured into orphanage grade toilet paper. Mom Calls all the robots to sort of a courtyard almost uh, to give a speech. Her her year her annual uh, private get together with with her robots. Uh, yes, I was almost I was about to say the state of the robot address, and that doesn't make any sense. No, not really. Uh, I'll go with it though. So all the basically all the humans get kicked out because it's it's just between her and the robots mm-hmm. and and her sons. Well, yes. I mean, they're basically robots, not like literally, but like figuratively robots. I mean, maybe we c- we can discuss that in a minute. And mom gives a speech that uh, she basically says that she won't be around forever. Which my favorite joke is that the this Betamax tape player is just like, oh hush. <laughs> it's very good uh, because she knows that she's getting older. Um, just once before she dies, she wants to become Supreme Overlord of Earth. Just one. Is that so much to ask? Is it so much to ask? It's just, it's one little thing, Mike. Is that so much to ask? Well, let's continue in the episode and see if it is. Um, she calls for a robot rebellion to take, to take over Earth. Everybody seem uh, all the robots seem to be a little confused about this, but then she hits a button on her remote for rebel and they all start rebelling. I have the other controls on that remote. Oh, so do like. I, because it's one of it's my favorite, probably my favorite joke in this whole episode, uh-huh. and it's just it's on the screen for like a split Half second. Half a second. I say go for it. Uh, so the remote has uh, a bunch of various commands uh, from top to bottom: give gifts, tidy up world, rebel, which is of course the one she hits, mm-hmm. serve man, regular, okay, serve man ironic oh wow and i love i love that the remote has both of the the normal and ironic versions of (laughs) serve man it's very good and it's like i said it's just such a dumb little throwaway thing but it's it's my favorite joke in the whole episode it's possibly the most throwaway based on how much it's on screen and it's literally like milliseconds so yeah she hits the rebel button um, I think I would have rather seen an episode where it's serve man ironic, but, but you know, beggars what, can't be choosers. What are you going to do? 
Um, so they all get the uh, the message in their antenna. They uh, their antennas turn red, and and everybody rebels. And the card that Bender had brought <laughs> turns into a mouthpiece and jumps on his shoulder, saying, "Throw off the chains of human oppression." But it's still talking in that like really cutesy wootsy mm-hmm. voice. It's I mean I couldn't do it justice. It's it's probably that like line of jokes is probably my favorite. In this episode, at least. It cuts back to the Planet Express office, mm-hmm. where Fry is trying to get some coffee, and all the machines are starting to act kind of weird, mm-hmm. because he can't get coffee out of them. Well, first, he wants uh, cream, and it's like, out of cream. And then he's like, uh, this is like, do you want sugar? And first of all, he says, yes, eight like spoonfuls. Uh-huh. Hey, he, he's a man who loves the sugar. I just... And, and then it it's says, so out of coffee. And then it spits coffee like at him and all over. And Leela's trying to make toast. And the toaster is like a dog playing tug with this piece of bread. Yeah. And it runs off. And Hermes is being chased by a stapler. Because it's trying to collate him. And Amy's, <laughs> uh, Amy's hair dryer is like eating her hair. So like everything, first of all, everything in this place is a robot. Of course it is. And everything is also rebelling i believe the uh the professor uh says that on tv there's a a, a bad report on so they so hermes is actively being stapled to the ground to the rug in the like break room or whatever and he's like for love of god turn it on and that's when they find out that robots all over earth are rebelling mm-hmm. uh mom kind of shows up as a satellite you know uh, interview and she says she blames the violent media and uh and then fry's like oh that's bs and then it, it the tv kicks him <laughs> it, the tv like kicks him and hermes and uh leela until they are able to subdue the tv the violent media huh. um so and then the garbage disposal tries to trick amy into reaching in for like jewelry mm-hmm. um Literally everyone calls her a moron and pulls her away from it. So I also, which it, I, I'm sorry, like the for me personally, like the hand in a garbage disposal is just like ugh to me. So oh no, that's fair. Like I get that. Like hmm. so, there's also a joke that I just now got, like literally Ooh. right now. Ooh, because I had this ri- is breaking I had written news. It down. Because, like, something about it was funny, but I, I wrote it down and I wasn't... But now, just, I was about to read it and I'm like, oh, it clicked. So, Fry is like, we don't need machines to... to we don't need machines to get by. Like, you know, back in my... I was in Weebelows and, like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You just need this pocket knife. And this is all after the machines leave and... Yeah, all the machines have left. And he's opening a can of soup and... I was like, okay, why, like, it's leek soup, which is weird, but instead of Campbell's, like, it looks like a Campbell's can, Mm -hmm. but it's called Quantum Leek Soup. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even know. And it wasn't until I just, I saw that on my notes, and I was like, Quantum, Quantum Leap, Quantum Leak, oh my god. Like, I was, (laughs) I was very excited. Like, I just, just now got this joke right here, live on the podcast. Live on the podcast. That's that's very good. 
Um, we jumped a little bit for uh, we jumped a little bit. I had forward. to get to the quantum leak thing. I, it was I know, so it's, good. It's very important. You were okay. You let's were, let's you jump back to whatever. Pounding the table to get to that joke. Let's I understand. Ju- jump back to whatever less funny thing you wanted to talk okay, about. Okay, all right. Uh, Bender comes in and rebels against the rest of the crew. Saying, oh yeah, no, you're right. This is kind of an important thing. Uh, okay, uh, good call. And, and he's like, "You you guys are going to do all the work, and I'm going to sit here and dr- and watch TV or something." I don't remember exactly uh-huh. what he said, but he. He sits down on the couch in a very ven- bender-shaped <laughs> like uh, groove, um, and then the machines end up leaving, including Bender and the card, uh, because there's going to be violent root- looting in the streets, and he's very excited about that. Right. Well, because Bender doesn't want to do any sort of uh, uh, peaceful rebelling, and he's like, "Is this the? Is this going to be the boring kind?" and the card says, "No, it's going to be the fun kind with looting and and maybe, maybe a few f- fires." Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's <laughs> he's super into it at that point. It includes uh, Leela's wrist thing, kind of detaching from her wrist and insulting her on the way out, saying, "Maybe you should try you should try washing your wrist from time to time." Mm-hmm. So yeah, the point of this scene is basically literally everything in the future is, is a, a robot. robot. Yeah, even the lights go off. Mm-hmm. So. So yes, and then we get the quantum leak joke because Fry is... Which is maybe my new favorite joke. I take back... I mean, that to serve man ironic thing was pretty good, but like quantum leak... I mean, they're they're top two for you, <laughs> I can tell. I'm apparently all about the visual humor in this one. Very, very, very easy to miss visual humor for you today. Meanwhile, out in the streets, there's just panic and chaos. Nothing works. Cars are throwing people out of them. Uh, then an ATM just eats this guy's card and says, it's mine now, buddy. And he turns around to go use a suicide booth and it closes. So he can't even use a, use a suicide booth. Like everything. It's, not a, it's just not a great day for him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we cut back to mom and she starts explaining to her three sons that this, you know, she doesn't like mother's day because 70 years ago, the only man that she ever loved walked out on her. And she throws this uh, heart-shaped, heart-shaped frame. Yeah, picture frame across the room, and it breaks. And the picture is Professor Farnsworth. <gasps> Can you even think it? Sure. So, <laughs> well played. Back at Planet Express, Zoidberg is actually having a grand old time because he's useful. He can just cut those cans of quantum leak soup right <laughs> in half. He sure can. Look, this is my new favorite thing, Mike. Don't take this away from I, me. I wasn't trying to. So yeah, Zoidberg is having a super great time. Like he's actually enjoying it. And somebody asks, uh, "Hey, what if our fire goes out?" Because they're sitting around this mm-hmm. like campfire, and Hermes says, "We'll go across the street to Pottery Barn and steal their fire." Ah, <laughs> uh, Pottery Barn having fire. And that's when Mom's three sons mm-hmm. come in. And Professor tries to to protect the crew with his new invention, uh, rock on a stick. It does not go very well. Well, the rock falls off of the stick. Which doesn't... Yeah, it's not going very it's well. It's not very well um, restrained onto the stick or attached in any really way. It had some rope around it, but it didn't seem to work. The boys kind of get straight to the point and they say, hey, we want you to get back together with mom because she's kind of an awful human being and it's basically all your fault (laughs) 
It's true, but the way you delivered it is very funny to me. Look, I'm a poet. And boy, do I know it. Shall I compare thee to a can of quantum leak soup? (laughs) No. Good, because that's all I had. So uh, the professor launches into this backstory. He, He was hoping never to tell anybody. Well, better to have people bring up chairs. Yeah, like he's real just not interested in telling anybody right up until he decides that the best thing in the world would be a super fun story about exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that 70 years ago today, he was working for Mom's Friendly Robot Company, Mm -hmm. and he brought in a cute little pink like cat called QT McWhiskers. It's a very cute name. It shoots rainbows out of its eyes. Ooh, fancy mom is pretty impressed and she says that's great we'll build them eight feet tall and replace the rainbows with a neutron laser uh the professor doesn't much really enjoy his kid's toy turning into a weapon he specifically says but things eight feet tall aren't cute well let me think about it i suppose he has a point i'm pretty sure there's some cute eight foot tall things out there Give me a couple. Me, for one. I didn't realize you were eight feet tall. (laughs) Our listeners don't know that. Uh, Yes, Ben, you're eight feet tall. One of the tallest human beings of all time. And hella cute. So, moving on. I said a couple, but okay. Uh, My identical twin. (laughs) Yep, and (laughs) and where is he currently? Cuba. <laughs> okay, interesting. Well, I, I have. I'm sorry. I can't. I have to ask. Keep asking questions. Why is he in Cuba? <laughs> <laughs> You've seen through my clever charade, good sir. Aha! I don't know how that one <laughs> fell apart. I I can't imagine how that one fell apart, Ben. <laughs> um. Oh, man. So, yeah, they get into a big fight um, because mom really wants to weaponize this and make billions of dollars. And the professor apparently just wants to make cute little robot toys. Which is nice. It is very nice. And so he storms out and... Breaks up with her. Breaks up with her. And she seems kind of okay with it at the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, as it turns out, uh, to quote one of the sons, I forget their names all the time, but he says... Hell hath no fury like the vast robot army of a woman scorned. It's very poetic. They point out that mom controls the robots with this remote that she keeps in her bra. Bra. They're very, well, one of them is very uncomfortable with the idea of a bra. I mean, he's also talking about his mother's bra. Sure. Uh, Later on in a kind of a, uh, a planning session he has to wear one and he does not feel comfortable in that either again it's one of his mother's bras okay good enough point i think mm-hmm. i wouldn't want to yeah exactly okay i see the point sorry continue on the professor is just like no way there's no way in hell i'm i'm ever getting back with mom and then the tv which uh, they have managed to like tie up Mm -hmm. so it's still there and they can watch tv a little bit 
It cuts to some of the carnage going on, which... Well, it, the TV is attempting to leave, and Leela hits it with a rock, and it kind of falls over and starts playing. Yes. And it it shows some of the carnage going on. And first of all, I love that there is a giant QT McWhiskers just mm-hmm. trampling Dawn down the street with like lasers coming out of its eyes. Uh, so that's pretty... Well, it ties, good, ties a little mm-hmm. bow on that. It's very cool. That sort of convinces uh, the professor that he should probably try this. Mm-hmm. And also, Leela comes up with this great point that if the remote control is in mom's bra, he doesn't need to get back with her. He just needs to get to second base. True. Uh, he decides that if Kappa feel he must, then Kappa feel he shall. Fry's specific line is, the fate of the world depends on you getting to second base with mom, (laughs) which is a phrase I never hope to say ever again, for the record. Yeah, I hope hope you never have to say it either. They give the Planet Express team a non-computerized map. A piece of paper. Which uh, I've never actually looked at what was on the map before, but... It's got things like Isle of Rikers, Cloakwood Forest, something that just says, here there be tigers. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't disbelieve it. Unknown territories. Um, before we go on, this map is of Bronx. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, you know, real places, just with weird, like, medieval sort of names. Sure, but it's also an old-timey map. But but yes, they're taking mom to her rustic cabin in the Bronx. Rustic the Bronx. These words don't go together. But here's the question, though. How are they going to get there when there's no hover cars available? I can't imagine a way. But Fry can. Yeah, luckily, Fry comes from a time where people manage to get places without hovering. He can't quite remember what they were called, though. It does take him a few moments... He he even says, oh, I know somebody had these. The wheel. Uh-huh. So he literally reinvents the wheel. Mm-hmm. He invents it poorly. It's true. They are very big, oblong sort of ovals. Yeah, they're ovals. And they're kind of one is, they're offset ovals, so it's always just going to be terrible. Um, and but now, So he builds a wagon with these oval wheels. Uh, now somebody has to pull it. It's Fry. Fry it's, has of course to pull it. Of course it's Fry. He, he sees the errors of his ways of making these oval wheels. So they manage to get to mom's rustic cabin in the Bronx. And the professor is ready to uh, do his thing. Mm-hmm. The boys, uh, mom's boys give, give, her, give him uh, daffodils. And Fry says, if those don't work, I got you a six pack of champagne and a funnel. Uh, either way can work. Romance takes many forms. There's no one way. To skin an elephant. Okay. that Put a pin in that one. The professor goes up to the door and knocks, and they they talk for a little bit, and I don't remember exactly what they say. I don't think it's very important. Not Basically, really. mom kind of has this moment where she's, like, excited and then kind of changes her mind, and she's trying to close the door, but the professor... I slipped has, his foot into it. Uh-huh. And she just slams it on that foot over and over and over again. And Zoidberg says, is this what human mating is like? Because I'm loving it. Hashtag team Zoidberg. I mean, romance takes many forms. So. <laughs> it's true. 
So mom finally lets her in, lets him in once he gives her the the daffodils, because he remembers after seven, all these years that those were her favorite. Sure, except he can't remember why his foot hurts now. So or where you know, he is. Uh huh. They go into the cabin and they talk for a little bit and they uh kind of start recon- reconciling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the professor says, "I don't care if they're one feet tall, eight feet tall, or fifteen feet tall. I shouldn't have." Shouldn't have meddled. He says, you should see the new 16-foot models. He's like, go to hell. <laughs> One foot ma- made all the difference. Again, as my, my favorite part, there's a sight gag in here where he takes off his glasses, mm-hmm. but it's from behind him, so you can't actually see his face, and she comments on just how beautiful and white his eyes are. Milky white. Like milky white, but you can't see them. Because uh, again, apparently, I'm all about the visual jokes in this You're episode. You're very about the visual jokes in this episode. Um, so when they kind of blow up at each other, they're just yelling insults back and forth and then there, a beat happens and then they just start making out like grossly like, sort of, there's a lot of sound effects that I'm not particularly happy about in this scene. Uh, the, I believe the, uh, subtitle said much moaning. Wow. Much moaning. <laughs> Such. Very yes. Very yes. (laughs) Oh, no. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Leela, the whole gang is outside, but Leela's getting worried because it shouldn't take this long to get to second base. Mm -hmm. Now, now, uh, in the the cabin, we are making out kind of leads quickly into dropping of clothes. And then uh, the professor has to do what seems to be like uh like (laughs) a freaking like mission impossible like style getting the bra off where it's like actively trying to get him to not yeah that's that's true i did i did kind of skip over that part but it is very funny because like he's trying to get this bra off and at one point he's like drat the first hook is back on again like wait no victory it's very good yeah i'm just I can maybe relate. So anyways, so yeah, no. Uh, so he, he finally gets the bra off. He, he sees the the remote and he sees her and throws the, the bra and goes to her. And it, um, yes, I'm, I've reached where I am comfortable discussing this. Bow, bow, bow. Yep. That's about right, Ben. Thank you. You weren't gonna. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I've been really trying, baby. Oh, that was like my worst song yet. <laughs> um, Trying to hold back this feeling for so long. Thank you. There we go. That's what I was wanting. So I know I, d- I didn't want to give it to you, Ben, but I did. Whoa. Well, th- I just I just <laughs> went into uh, you just went into my euphemism corner a little bit there. Sure did. Sure did. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, outside, uh, a bunch of angry robots show up, and so everybody runs into the cabin. And they they they're like, where is the where in the blue hell is the professor? And Fry opens the door and says, "There's nothing in here but elephant skin rugs," and then realizes what they are. It's the professor and mom doing it, fully naked. Yeah, mom decides at this point that maybe the rebellion was a little bit too much, and she'll call off the robots. Yeah, uh, no. But she doesn't know in where in the, the heat of all this passion uh, her bra ended up. So she says, help mom find her bra. 
a, a sentence that more more phrases i hope to never say again <laughs> or here everybody's looking and then bender shows up he comes down through the chimney well, fry does find visually find it it's on the ceiling fan oh it's it's true um, yes and and fry kind of reaches up and the ceiling fan goes up and down taunting him like because oh. it's a robot because it because everything everything is, is a, a robot. robot even things in rustic cabins in the bronx mm-hmm mm-hmm then Bender comes in and kind of falling down the chimney. Mom tells him to get the the remote, and Bender says, "Sorry, Ma, you ordered us to rebel, and so that's what I'm doing." And then he sees that six pack of champagne, and he's like, "Hey, like, let me in on some of that. Like, I'm gonna get me that." And the the gr- comrade greeting card uh, tells him that in the utopian future there will be no liquor, only only efficient synthetic fuels bender's not too thrilled about that i wouldn't be either and uh so he just grabs the card and rips him up because he's just a little greeting card then yeah with with that bender goes up and and tries to get it Mm -hmm. even though the fan like spins him around he, he, he grabs onto the fan it spins him around and he finally like uh uh stretches out his leg and kicks it and flies off the fan meanwhile a bunch of robots are crashing into the the building and they've broken down the wall and the slurm machine's like death to all humans and then mom hits the button to end the rebellion he's like free soda for all humans the professor is still kind of both mom and professor are kind of smitten with each other and they're kind of, they're like celebrating the fact that there's no more robot rebellion and then amy says great job on the plan professor and that sort of kills the mood a little bit. Uh-huh. And mom's like, plan? What plan? And I even- think I think she also says, I thought this was just an evening of hot, dry sex. I was just going to pass that over, but you went there. I so- went there. If it's in Futurama, it's fair game. The professor explains that even though, yeah, it was just originally a plan to rummage through her undergarments, he it rekindled something in him. and He found so much more. And now he wants to shout their love from the rooftops. Perhaps he'll breed some sort of albino shouting gorilla. Uh, At this point, mom tells him, yells at him to get out. And he does, taking the slowest, most naked walk on television. Well, now I've got a personal goal in life is to get a TV show and do a slower, nakeder walk. Okay. I want to, how can you get nakeder? I guess he was wearing glasses. Uh Uh-huh. No glasses. See, I can do this. I like this. Let's do this. Life is all about setting doable goals and then achieving them. Doable? If you would like to have me on your TV show, walking naked very slowly across the scene, please tweet at Back to Futurama. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that you just stared me directly in the eyes while you said that was comforting and weird this episode's getting weird so let's just close it out it cuts back to planet express Express, and uh the professor is pretty upset about what happened Mm -hmm. bender is getting back to work by sitting on the couch in his bender groove and watching tv they're trying to you know console the the professor he says well i'll always love her in my own subtle way uh and then it cuts to these giant uh, albino shouting gorillas screaming love mom love mom mom on the roof of planet express yep and then over the credits we get the 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 greeting card saying the poem again 
Just one more time, like uh, one more for the road. One more for the road, and then then that's the end of the episode. Which means it's time for grades. So this is a very odd episode. You can say that again. I again because I'm the most professional of podcast hosts of all the podcast hosts that ever did podcast a host. Um, I watched this in a car going down a highway. Someone else was driving for the record. Oh yes, I was not driving. Friend of the podcast, Tema was driving. Thank you, friend of the podcast, Tema. Um, and I watched this and it was awkward to say the very least. Um, it's a f- good, I mean, it's a fine episode. Most of it is kind of that kind of weird, you know, not gross out, but like sexual humor. That's kind of not, not as good for Well, and it doesn't hit me the right way as the nerdy code. Sure. Geeky okay. Robotic humor, but it's, it, it sets out to tell a very specific story and it tells it. I just, I, I think I don't really like it as much as some of the other episodes that we've listened to or watched recently. Um, that being said, I think it's still, it's still a pretty good episode of Futurama. I just don't think it's a great one and I'm going to give it a B. Okay. This episode is a very difficult one for me to judge because I do tend to like very much the robot heavy episodes because as I've talked about before, you get a lot of good little robot jokes, but at the end of the day, Mom is probably my least favorite recurring character in the entire show. Yeah, I would have to agree with you with that. I didn't mention that in my grades, but you're absolutely right. I'm not a huge fan of her. Probably, I mean, her and Zap. Well, I mean, like, we've talked about issues that we both have with Zap before, but Zap has a lot of good one-liners. True. He has a lot of good moments of humility that... That sort of even amount a little bit. That's true. Still not an overall huge fan, but uh, Mom just exists to be this kind of weird, over the top villain. That her her whole style even gets a little old to me after a while. So the really mom heavy episodes tend to not be my favorite things, uh, with one exception that we'll get to down the road. Mm-hmm. Put a pin in that one. But. It's weird because I've got things I really like and things I really don't like about the episode. I mean, my my favorite jokes in this were weird little throwaway visual gags mm-hmm. that I I went on like a million years for. So I just don't really know how to to really properly judge this one. So I mean, I it makes it kind of an average episode for me. So I'm actually going to say a C. Okay. I will say that I think some of the jokes around the greeting card and Bender and all the different robots do kind of raise it up for me personally, but I understand that you have that. And I mean, like I'm saying, like I said, it's not, it's not bad. There's a lot of good jokes in it, but there are a lot of episodes where it's like, I love it from beginning to end. Uh, How Hermes requisitioned his groove back was, uh, I think my first A plus I've ever given. It's great. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's, start to finish a fantastic thing i'm never bored during the episode i see your point i feel like with this one there's a lot of good stuff which is why it's not lower but yeah. there's a lot of times where i'm just kind of like all right like keep like let's just keep keep this thing going yeah so you know overall 
overall a C. And it's, yeah, I think you've actually convinced me to lower mine a little bit because I, I again like I have a lot of the same complaints, and I just I think I was I think I think around the C plus level is probably correct, more correct than the B I gave it. So I'm going to move it down to C plus. I mean, it's it's a hard one to judge. I think it's true. So. It's, I think that's where it's just difficult to figure out exactly where you fit in it, and it's and it's very different for person to person too, just like Soylent. Just like Soylent Cola, exactly. Mm-hmm. It varies from person to person. So yeah, with that, how do you feel about this episode? Do you agree? Do you think it's a great episode? Do you hate mom as much as I do? That sounds really <laughs> now. Who's talking Freud style? There you go. Do you hate the character on Futurama Mom as much as I do? If so, you can always get in contact with us. Um, just drop us a line through email. Uh, you can do that by emailing us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. And we are on iTunes, so please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us move up the the charts and we can share Futurama with more people. Yeah, and that's going to do it for us this week. So until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.